Hi, everybody. This is Perez B., the Reb. Thanks for joining us on The Revolution. And uh, as we move closer to Rosh Chodesh Adar Sheni, coming up this Sunday and Monday, I believe. So we're coming close to Purim, which means we have to get in the Purim mode. So remember, you are listening to J-Root, and we are your station for uh, everything to get you into the Purim mood. Now, there are a couple of things we really need to discuss and to talk about, which is, first of all, uh, very concerned about what's going on in Eretz Israel right now with the, um, the, the laws that are going on about the Har Edim. Now they're trying to figure out who the Har Edim are. How are they going to figure that out? Yarmulke, no yarmulke, kippah surugah, a, a mind surugah. What, well, how are they going to figure it out? So they're going to figure maybe between the guys that are in yeshiva for uh, X amount of time, and then they're going to go through that whole thing. But one thing's for sure, if they're going to make this something which is a, uh, a God forbid, a criminal offense, you can be sure that people are, are going to really take umbrage at that. And this is going to be equivalent in some ways, lahavdal to like, you know, like... Um, the taxation without representation. I mean, just odd con. You can only take so much. I mean, we everybody knows that the Haredish soldiers, the people in um, in uh, in Nachal and things like that, make the best officers. So why are they making this whole Taram? Why don't they just just leave it and let the guys who buy their standards and really buy their standards do what they have to do and do and if and if you are going to draft them, then make it in a way that's palatable, that's equitable. But this is really getting out of hand. So if you got an opinion about that, you can call me on seven one eight six eight three. Five eight five eight seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. We're going to be hearing from a wonderful young man from Lakewood, a fellow who's in business but who's dedicating part of his day to learning the Shas Kabura program, which was founded by a uh, Senator Dolgan, and it can help a person go through Shas in a way that they'll be able to remember it, retain it, understand it, and really cherish and value it. He started a number of times, and part of the greatness of his story is that he started flunked failed, started, failed, just couldn't do it, couldn't do it, wouldn't do it, and then he just determined that he was going to do it, and now he dedicates part of his morning before he goes to teach and before he goes into his uh, other business to make learning on a regular basis, the Kaveh Itim, a part of his day, and you can do it also. You're going to hear his interview or part of it over here. You might have seen it in Hamudia last week or the week before. Now we have a special broadcast version of it. It should motivate you or anybody else you know to really dedicate a certain amount of time to going through on a steady basis as much as you can particularly handle, but record it uh, in your notebook and to to learn on a, a regularly scheduled basis that you can mark your progress. We'll be talking about that as well. All right, whatever's on your mind, I don't claim to know everything, but you can't talk to me about anything. Thank you for Iran being here in the studio, our executive producer in charge of production, Nissan and everybody here at J-Root, the station that does listen to you. So if you've got something on your mind, don't hesitate to call. By the way, here's a little question mishpat. little question mishpat. Everything is big in question mishpat because even a small case is a big case. But what would you do in a case like this? A person is offered a job and is actually hired. And the person who does the hiring says, now, we're hiring you, but I just want you to know that um, if for, for some reason that it doesn't work out on your end or our end, that, um, you know, we would do it on a trial basis, and there will be no hard feelings. And the person says, okay, with the understanding that, I mean, a trial basis is a trial basis, right? A month, a couple of weeks, something like that, right? That would generally be the understanding, though the Kopas Chaim says you really should spell out all the details of any monetary agreement. And the person relinquishes a position that they were offered in order to take this job. So they come in bright and early, they're there and ready to go, and they're training this person in, for that whole day, they spend the whole day training in, 
everything is going seemingly very fine. And then at the end of the day, the employer tells somebody else to please just tell the person, uh, you, uh, you don't have to come in tomorrow. What? We're what? Oh, so the, she doesn't speak to the person that hired her. No, he, he's not going to do the dirty work. He has somebody else call her and tell her, uh, yes, the person whose place you were taking, um, she decided that she was going to stay. Well, where he would decide he was going to stay. And that's it. And they pay her for the day and so long and goodbye. Now, what do you think about that? First of all, Alpid Din, is it permissible? Would it come under the category that the Shulchan Aruch deals was known as Taramis, having a taina on somebody else? Is it actionable and based in? And what do you think of it in terms of the, the integrity of it? The, what would you say? Does it, does it past? Is it something which is um, palatable to you? Does it seem ethical to you? So let's talk about that for a moment. Has anything like that ever happened to you? And what do you think the based in would paskin in a case like this? First of all, could you take it to based in? And what about the idea of Tarumas having a, um, a Taina complaint against somebody, which even to have that, one has to have a source word in the Shulchan Aruch. 718-683-5858-718-683-5858-718-683-5858. You know, when Purim comes up, we all know that we want to increase our donations to Tzedakah because uh, anybody that puts out their hand, it says that we give to, and that's considered also a very graphic, living, real metaphor for what we ask a Kaddish Baruch Hu, we're putting out our hand to answer our tefillahs. If, um, if we understand that we, we give a, a charitable donation, we have to involve our heart, Rav Simchazizel of Kelm explained that this Pasuk in the Torah, in last week's Parsha in Yaakel, says, kol nidiv, lib, nidiv libo, that uh, whoever is a willing heart, let him bring it, and bring an offering to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Rav Simchazizel of Kelm explained that this Pasuk, that those who brought the offerings to the, to the Mishkan, should bring their hearts with their offering. It's not enough just to give monetary donations. A Kaddish Baruch Hu wants our hearts, that is, our thoughts and our emotions, everything that goes with it. And they also should be an expression of our generosity. So when we give money to tzedakah or to a worthwhile institution, we're helping the cause for which you're giving, no matter what it, what it is, a yeshiva, or a, a, a moisid, or an individual, or a, uh, or a, a cause that's helping with... Um, with people that are that are not well, either mentally or physically, low lanal. But when you give your heart, also you're changing and elevating yourself as a person. Each donation makes you into a more giving person. And Rabbi Zelik Fiskin points out that whenever you give, think about it. What am I doing? I'm giving this to help somebody. Kadosh Baruch has given me the money, and therefore I'm the conduit, not even necessarily the gabai, the treasurer, but the the vehicle, the passageway through which it is uh, extended. One evening, the executive of a well-known yeshiva came to the home of somebody to request a donation on behalf of the yeshiva. So, so the person immediately interrupted what he was doing, warmly received the visitor, and responded generously to his request. The visitor wished the, the person well, and as he rose, he, let, he, he apologized for having intruded at a very busy time. But the, the person, the household of the Balabas said, You know, Rabbi Yitzhak Kutner is itself. At the time, it wasn't Sitzal. He was still alive. And he said that uh, Rabbi Hudner calls him at times for donations to his yeshiva. He says, but before I hang up, I always thank him for the call. And I once explained to the Rosh Yeshiva why he deserves my thanks. You know, I'm, I'm very organized in my tzedakah, and I set aside a certain share of my earnings and distribute it to worthwhile tzedakah causes, of obviously which, which um, 
Yeshiva Chaim Berlin is, and others like it. So my donation would be the same without the call, but I want my children to see that their father is giving tzedakah, and it's not like Lahavdul paying the electric bill or the gas bill. I don't interrupt my dinner to pay bills, but I do interrupt my dinner when I get a call for tzedakah because that's not an interruption. If the request is made in person, I ask my son to please get my checkbook for me. So I say the same to you. Thanks for coming by. That's brought down by Rabbi Eliezer Cohn in the Jewish Observer way back in 1985. But it applies today and for all times when you think about it. When we're giving, make sure that you give with your heart and you give with a, with a full heart as well. You know, in this week's Parsha, we, we see that a person has to, has to use all native talents for Kaddish Baruch Hu's honor. And we see that it says, Lakshov Makshovos Lasos Bezav And to think thoughts to make with gold and with silver and brass. You know, there are two types of skillful artisans. And again, Rabbi Zelig Pliskin brings this down. There's an expert in making fancy vessels with intricate designs, but this person is not at all creative and original. After he sees what someone else has done, he learns to make similar things. Because he's so skillful, he's able to produce an even better work than the original designer. But a truly great craftsman, however, is one who's able to picture a new design in his mind. His fertile imagination enables him to create original works of art. And this wrote Rabbi Shlomo Kluger, is what the, this Pasuk is expressing, and to think thoughts, lakshov makshavos, that is, Basal had the ability to visualize entirely new creation, says the Imre Seifer. And whenever creative abilities come into a person's hand through a Kaddish Baruch Hu, whatever they are, they can be utilized for the honor of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Hashem, Laman Hashem. But Saul used his great kishron, his great talent, to build the sanctuary for worshiping the Almighty. So whoever is blessed with creativity should creatively find elevated ways to use it. That was in Parshas Vayakel, and now we're in Parshas Pekude, so we have some things to look at here, which is um, something, I, I think if you take a look at the Parsha, you're going to find a, a lot of things that you can, uh, can take away with. One of the things is focusing on the will of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. When it says Reach Nechoach, or Reach Nechoche, that's going on a pleasing aroma to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that brought down by Rashi is when we do Hashem's Ratzon. That is what brings the, the pleasing aroma. And it says, V'yas Moshe kekol Hashem oso ken oso. And Moshe did all that the Almighty commanded him. That is what he did. Now Moshe's motivation in all that he did for the Mishkan was for the honor of the Almighty, the Rabbani Shalom even though he personally would gain from the construction of the Mishkan because HaKadosh Baruch Hu would communicate him, with him there and that was something he would stand to gain from, he wasn't motivated by thoughts of his own glory and he, he wasn't motivated by thoughts of the honor of his brother Aaron, who was going to be the Kain Gadol. Moshe Rabbeinu focused solely and exclusively on doing the will, the rutzen of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's brought down by the Emek Dover. And this is a most difficult task to do something which you will have great benefit yourself and still, still you're going to have pure motivations. You're going to benefit from it, but you still have pure motivations. So 
Um, what do you do? How can you, can you, is that a dilemma or what? No, it's not. Even though it's something which is difficult, to do something which you're going to have great benefit for and you're going to gain from it, you can still have very pure motivations because the most sacred work that we have is to dedicate what we are and who we are to a Kaddish Baruch The more sacred the work you're involved in, so the greater importance of having elevated thoughts and motivations. The thoughts actually impact the deed itself. Rabbi Keskel Vronsky told Rabbi Moshe Mordecai Schultzinger, every time I go to deliver a Torah lecture, I have in mind that I'm going to serve the Almighty with the mitzvah of teaching Torah. And that's what we do here. I think everybody in J-Root, you could say the same thing, and I, I hope I'm included in that. At times, to think things, these thoughts sincerely is even more difficult than any aspect of giving the lecture. Well, I'm going to try right now to hope that that's what I'm doing. At any rate, we're at 718 What's on your mind? Anything that's in the news, pick a news item that, that you would like to talk about, and uh, let's duke it out a little bit. Let's talk it out. I don't claim to know everything, but you can't talk to me about anything. Pick an item in the news, whether it's here or in Eretz Israel, that's on your mind, on your heart, and let's talk about it, and uh, let's talk about it, Lemaisa, to see if we can uh, bring it to some resolution, and uh, maybe by airing it, we can. What do you think about that Hushin Mishpat uh, case, which I brought to you, about somebody who was hired, and there was a condition that was made that if it didn't work out on either end, that there would be no hard feelings, but it, there seemed to be some understanding that it would be for an extended period of time, not only not one day. Was the person right to do that? Was the, the person who uh, was asked uh, not to come back the next day because the person who had the job decided they wanted to keep it? Is that an actionable, uh, is that actionable and based in? And uh, is it cause for a terumis, which is itself a sugya in Shulchan Aruch, which is to have a taina on somebody else? Is it indeed? Call me at 718-683-5858. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. This portion of the broadcast is brought to you by Mountain Fruit. Get in the Purim mode. Don't forget, tell them you heard it here on J-Root and get an extra Purim hat when you go over there. We hope to have some Purim CDs over there as well in the near future. But make sure you tell them you heard it here on J-Root. They'll give you an extra Purim hat. Their Purim store is between East 13th and East 14th on Avenue M. They've got lots of Mashalak Manas, all the Nash you can shake and stick at, Purim costumes and so much more. Go on over and tell them you heard it here on J-Root. Parrots B will be back with more. This is The Reb. Thanks for joining the... Revolution. Hi, this is Parents B, the Reb. Thanks for joining the Revolution. You're on the air. How are you doing? Hey, parents. Hi. I just called in to say hello. I love your show. And it's an old from from your Orsamech days. Uh, that, that's great. Uh, how, tell me tell me which the Koopa. Was it because, before sushi was called bait? Paris was back in the 70s. 18 or 90? 70s. No, like 77. Yeah, I remember that year. I remember it well. Um, 
So are we gonna we're gonna guess who it is, or are you gonna clue me in? It's your friend Zev. Jeff. No, Zev. 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 Wait. Jaeger. Zev Jaeger. Why? Wow. Hi ho, Steve Arena. Where have you been, Zev? It's so great to hear from you. It's been a long time. In Flatbush. Great. Okay. I'm so glad you called. I hope you're a regular listener to the show. And uh, if there's anything we can do for you on the air, let us know. But I'm delighted that you called. You have my email, which is eichlermedia at gmail.com. Contact me. Let me know how you're doing. I'll be happy to get in touch. But I'm so delighted you called. Orsamath, those were the good old days, and hopefully the best days are yet to come. One of the greatest Torah institutions in the world. And uh, part of the reason I'm here today is because of Orsamath and the great people there. And, of course, the Belzah Hasidim that uh, helped me to uh, be shepherded through it. That's a story in itself. I'm so delighted you called, and I wish you tremendous atzlaka, freilich, apurim. Contact me at Eichler me- email, eichlermedia.gmail.com, and I'd love to stay in touch. I'm so glad you called. All right, Kurt. All the best. Atzlaka. Yeah, to you also. Thanks. All right, Peretz B here on the station that listens to you, and you can call us about anything that's on your mind. Uh, being shy is certainly a good meter, but if you have anything on your mind, this is a great sounding board for it. So whether it has to do with... Uh, Anything that's going on in uh, your state, whether it's New Jersey or New York or Connecticut. Anything, what do you think about the potholes? Did you have a lot of potholes here in Brooklyn? Boy, in Lakewood, um, it, in some places it looked like a minefield, and uh, the crews were out really doing their work, but you really had to negotiate through, and still do, a lot of the roads. Well, what, what's it like here in Brooklyn? Have you had any problems with it, and what do you think ought to be done about it? Uh, if you're on the pothole patrol or you've been having difficulties with it, let us know. Give me a call at 718-683-5858. We're going to be hearing from Rabbi Shmuel Abramowitz from Lakewood, New Jersey, talking about his experience with the Shaska Bura, which is a program which anybody can really latch onto, which helps a person go through Shas or Mishnah Brewer or Chumash or anything, really, Mishnayas, whatever you like, but in a way that you keep track of what you're learning in an organized fashion so that you feel a sense of accomplishment, of growth, and tremendous satisfaction. It may sound obvious, but the truth is you have to do it as part of a regular integrated Seder, and anybody can do it, and it's never too late to start. So I, I want you to urge, I want you to uh, to listen to that. It's going to be on the air in a, in a very short time. All right, I'm going to give you another opportunity to call, and if you'd like, I don't mind that you're shy. It's great to be shy, and that Mida is exceptional. But if you got something on your mind, I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. What did you think about that question about this person that was hired for a day? And uh, there was a condition that was stipulated. Well, you know, if things don't work out, you know, uh, you won't have any claims and I won't have any claims. But it was understood, you know, that it's going to be given a trial basis, a month, a couple of weeks. But at the end of the day, the person was told, oh, the person who had the job decided they wanted to stay. Now, perhaps shouldn't the employer have said something like, well, no, that's not right. The the person decided they say, but I offered this person this job, and I've got to give them a little time. I'm not going to take that person back, and at least for a month or so. Would that have been right? Is the what about the concept of terumis, having a taina, a complaint against somebody else? Can you even have a claim in that sense? There could be very good recourse for that. Is the recourse in based in? Is the recourse in based in to say, hey, it didn't give even given the person a fighting chance? So. First of all, what do you think the based in would say? Is it actionable in based in? And what would you say personally? Do you think it's an ethical thing to do? Do you think that it's a correct thing to do? Do you think it's a nice thing to do? 
Is that the type of thing that you would do? And how would you react to it if it happened to you? 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. This portion of the broadcast is brought to you by Mountain Fruit. Don't forget to stop by their Purim store. Get in Purim mode. Tell them Uncle Sam sent you, or me, Parrots B, whichever one you like, and win a uh, an extra free Purim hat just by mentioning they heard it here on J-Root, the station that listens to you. They're between East 13th and East 14th on Avenue M. That's their Purim store. Get in the Purim mode for all your Purim needs, Vishalik Manus, and so much more. And stop by the regular store on uh, on 15th on Avenue M for all your uh, supermarket needs. The height of quality, service, and selection, Mountain Fruit. And make sure you tell them that you heard it here. This is Parents Be the Reb. We'll be back with more. And uh, stay tuned. You can reach me right now if you want, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And then we're going to go right to here. Rabbi Shmuel Abramowitz. Hi, you're on the air. This is Peretz B. The Reb, thanks for joining the Revolution. What's on your mind today? Yes, I I want to know. I want to. Um, how do you how do you view the draft in Israel? You mean you don't mean like by opening the window and the draft that comes in through the window? You mean you're talking about dra- the draft itself in Israel? Uh, First of all, you have to have a, in, in a country in, in Israel. You have to have a draft for sure. It's the only way to ensure that you have the uh, the armed forces at the level that, that they have to be. So that's par for the course. But are you talking about drafting the yeshiva light? And, and, and yeah. Uh-huh. Well, what do you feel about it? Let me just toss it back to you. What's your thought on it? Do you you know, every, everything you can look with uh, different views. I have a certain view that maybe it's... Uh, maybe Hashem has a husband of the... That it's time for the military to get uh, to get from through bringing in Chaydim, which will turn it over. Yeah, halavai. That should be that should, should be the case. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't even attempt to think what's, what 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 Baruch was thinking. One thing I know for sure, thing I know for sure, that to take young Haredi men that really, it, it, what it shows is they don't really value. And this is, unfortunately, I, I don't even want to say it's understandable, but they don't get why those people who are learning in yeshiva and really learning are doing, and I dare say, equally as much as those who are behind the lines, because they're creating a ruchnius force. You know, I, I think it was Ramatisio Solomon, once said that he's, in his younger days he was in Eretz Israel learning, and um, there was a, a secular Israeli who was looking at him rather hostily, and finally just said to him, you know, well, why don't you hire them going to the army? And he said, well, look, my friend, let me ask you something. Would it matter to you if I went to the front lines, but instead of taking a, uh, a, a tank to get there, 
I, I took my bicycle. He said, no, of course not, as long as he's on the front line. So he said, so really, it, it, it's only of a matter of interest as to how I'm getting there, being on the front lines, and what capacity. I mean, it wouldn't matter to you if I was in the Air Force, if I was a Tzandchan, I was a paratrooper, or I was in the uh, Galil unit. That wouldn't matter. No, it wouldn't matter. So he said, well, that's really the heart of the problem. See, because by my, where I am, in yeshiva and all those with me. That, that's the way we do it. That 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 that's our that's our way. And the truth is, if a person understood that, they would go over and they would kiss that yeshiva bakr and that younger man and say, "Thank you for doing your part, because I know you're doing by you're doing your part, I can do my part." Now, having said that, that doesn't mean that Haredim shouldn't be in the army. Now, I don't know what the whole issue is because there are Haredim, there are religious Jews in the army, the whole Nachal group. The whole dat, there's a whole unit of, of that team that are in the army. They make classically, statistically, it's been proven. They make the best officers. You know, you know, we know that there are stories of heroism right down the line of those men, and uh, and, and, and and young and younger fellows that have been in there that that are the leaders that have taken the the bull by the horns are at the forefront of heroism. They have always done that, and Beis Hashem will continue to do so. But when you, when you do it en masse, because it's a way just to undermine Torah, and you're looking at it as an excuse, that's a problem. When you want to make a criminal sanction against them for not going in, no. Let's do it in an equitable way. The Haredim that are capable and ready and willing and able to go, let them go, and they will go. But don't make it something that's coercion. Don't make it something where there's some type of stigma attached that they're not going. I, I, I'm just saying, yes. There needs to be a draft in Israel, and um, there have to be those from all walks of life and all religious aspects that have to go in. But, man, if you told me... You know, I, uh, I had volunteered for the Israeli army when, when, when I was younger, and I was ready to, you know, to go in there and go in with, you know, with, with, with my Uzi and then hand grenades, and I was trained very well. But you know something? When I started meeting the, 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 the fellows that were in yeshiva, and I saw the way that they learned Yom Belayla, and I saw the way that they said Tehillim and Davin for soldiers, and I saw friends of mine who went into the army and went to the front lines. I said, you know, these are the guys that you really have to say uh, we have to be proud of. Mika Amcha Yisrael Goyechad Barat. So I want to thank you very much for calling. This is Parents Be the Reb, right here on the station that listens to you. Thanks for joining the revolution. You can call me now at 718-683-5858. Or uh, otherwise, we're going to hear Rabbi Shmuel Abramowitz. And uh, just remember, the rest is commentary. Go and learn. I want you to get over to Mountain Fruit on their Purim store or the regular store and tell them that you heard it here on J-Root. Go over to Mr. Weiss or anybody else and say, Hey, we heard you on J-Root, Moira Dick Givaltic, and we want to get in the Purim mode. All right, Iran, I want to thank you for being here and everybody else on J-Root. And remember, in the words of Hill, the rest is commentary. Now go and learn. Let's listen to Rabbi Shmuel Abramowitz and how you can benefit from joining a program like Shas Kabura and uh, Steigen Away. Remember, this is the uh, this is the station that listens to you. We're happy to be here. Paris be the Reb. Thanks for joining the revolution. Talking with Rabbi Shmuel Abramowitz in uh, the base manager called Shimshin, talking about the Shas Kabura program and how he got involved in it and the benefits that he's reaped from it. So Shmuel, tell us a little bit about, first of all, what the Shas Kabura program is how you started getting involved in it, and what the benefits are that you seem to have been reaping from it, and how you're conveying it to others as well. Okay, thank you, Rabbi Peretz. Uh, 
I uh, benefited in so many ways. Um, I think any anyone who uh, who wants to both learn and retain, keep what he learns, and watch himself build and the benefiting of of enjoying yourself, watching yourself accumulate dafim, and and remembering it and understanding it. It brings a tremendous sipuk from from the learning, and it helps you thereby continue to want to one learn more with understanding and asmada, which uh, it's an accumulative success where you watch yourself build on the dafim that you learnt already mm-hmm. and you know to continue building uh, on the mount of dafim that you've done and there's an ultimate goal the ultimate goal is 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 you know is really all 2711 dafim for those who are daring enough but even on a small scale you could do it one mesecta at a time and the enjoyment that comes with, with having sort of like a checkbook, and then you see that, hey, all these days that just went by, I now have uh, seven dafim that I've done, or I, whatever amount of dafim accumulated, just by seeing that it's building up the enjoyment thereby keeps you uh, keeps you going to want more and more you find yourself wanting to spend more time to accumulate more and to keep your goal going and the fact that uh, you know you have a, a long term goal included with a short term goal cuz the short term goal is every week you have to get the job done and if you take it on with a responsibility, that itself keeps you very disciplined. And then there's a long-term goal where there's a big picture where over many years you, uh, you feel you could accumulate more and more of Shas, whether your goal is to finish a Seder in Shas or to finish all of Shas. Um, it, it helps you, you know, retain it all. And even though it seems overwhelming at first, you see that the, that the mind holds it as long as you let it go away and you have the ability to come back uh, to it. And, and when you see it the first time, and if you don't get it, you get a 20% of it. And then the second time, you get another, a little more and a little more. And over time, you just let time dictate when you're getting it better. But as long as you're getting it, you know... It, you're getting it as best you can with the, the allotted time of two hours for that daf, then the next time you see it, you'll get a little bit more until finally all the pieces come together in time where you end up getting it, uh, you know, you get, you get a bishle musa, you get it completely, and you get a, a sipuk from it. Well, let me ask you this. You're not somebody who's foreign to learning. Obviously, you grew up in a learning environment. So what took place that made you decide you were going to undertake this particular method? 
how long ago did you do it, and what have you have seen now in terms of measurable results from it? And what would you say to somebody else in a, in a similar situation? Okay, that's an excellent question. Um, first of all, it, the, the, you know, when, when a person has you know, gone through learning and he, he turns 40, as I did, and he sees himself, wait a minute, I, I, because I've been in learning and, and, and I feel myself knowing nothing, which is a common feeling amongst many people who, as you've asked, you know, have, might have been in learning for many, many years, many, many, maybe their whole life, maybe they love learning, they love their Banisham, they love learning, it's everything to them, but yet they really feel inside that they, that they know nothing and they have accomplished nothing, and it's an extremely frustrating feeling, and, and especially, you know, as a, if I, you know, today where there are so many distractions, whether it be health, whether it be parnasa, whether it be children, whether it's Agidobanim, whether it, you know, a person has his responsibilities towards his wife and he has responsibilities towards his parnasa and his children and then all the other things and, and you still want to, uh, you know, you, you, you're, you, it's on your mind. You want to become a Talmud Chacham. You want to l- learn to know. And, 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 and after so many years, it's because, uh, you, you know, a person who isn't learning gets frustrated and says, well, well, what do I have? What do I have? Do I, do I know Shas? No. Not many. Is it possible to know Shas? Absolutely, yes. But we're told it's, it's not doable. Is it doable? Absolutely, yes. There are examples who people have done the this system who 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 are a- extremely average. I myself extremely average, b- below average, and they come out knowing every shas like it's one daf. Everyone who's been in learning knows one daf. The whole shas with done with this system. If I could have the goal to say, can be like that one daf because it's constantly coming back in a revolving motion and you end up having such a seepak that wow even after all these meals i'm not going to look back i am going to be that person who i always wanted to be i just never had a way to get there and that's that who knows it's doable by all for anyone who has a simple three four hours a day who wants to take upon themselves seriously to get to where he always dreamed of the person he wanted to be. And that's someone who knows Bishle Musa Shas. And it's doable for ju- in just three, four hours. It's not uh, the person who needs 18 hours a day or 12 hours a day or even eight hours a day. All you need is a good three to four hours a day with a little bit of discipline and instruction like a person on a diet you could do it. You have somebody who did it. You have many people who have done it, who have on that pedestal, like the Masil Susharim says, let's go to the person who is on that pedestal above the maze and telling you to go left, go right, go back, go front. Is the, uh, this system is tried and proven as a diet to work towards getting to the tremendous goal of 2,711 Dafim and to know it and you don't have to be extremely gifted, smart. You don't have to be even somebody who, uh, who's been learning his whole life at all. You can be somebody who knows how to read English and could open up an art school 
and know the information. Information is not given over to somebody who um, has been learning his whole life. Information is someone who wants to understand. If you want to understand, well, even if you don't know Aramaic, Hebrew, you just know English, you could do this system. It could be done by anyone from the smallest. I've seen it work with 10-year-olds, 5th graders, doing with Mishnayas up until those who are in their 50s. And I know today, people are, who, are, who started in their 40s, they're in their 60s, and they know Shas cold with this system. It's a system doable by all, if you could believe it or not, but it could only be uh, believed when it's tried and, tried and proven in, in the way that it was designed. How long ago did you start, and what have you accomplished so far? That, that's a very good and embarrassing question, no, but I'd like to answer that question because it's an important question. I've tried this system three times before, okay, and I failed in it only because I thought I could do the system my way, the way I wanted to, because I know better. Well, it turned out that I failed in this system, and I decided I don't want to. I, I decided that you know that Rabbi Dolgan, who uh, is my mentor. He has uh, used this system to a tremendous success, which he knows Shas, and I've seen it, people coming over him, that he can answer any question in Shas, and the whole Shas is almost like daf echad to him. And, and what, ha what happened was, I went to him and I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm over 40 years old and it's ridiculous. I, 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 learning I love, and learning's my life, and it's the only thing that gives are the neshama, the real food it needs. You're, you're working I, with it, right? I mean, you're involved in... In, uh, in Parnassus also? Yes, I have a glasses store, I, I teach English, I have Kenahara, thank Hashem, thank the Rebbein Shem, Kenahara, you know, if I say, eight kids, I have a house, I, I have I, I, I this. I have more teardus than, than, than I could imagine, but, but this is what keeps a person going. And what happened to me, I, I, I decided, I, I, I went on my fourth try with this system, and I told Rabbi Dogen that put me on a kanas system, a heavy kanas system, and I put a certain amount of uh, even money in an envelope, and I said, if I ever turn back, I give you this envelope as one of the ways, uh, of uh, one of the tachbulas that I made, one of the uh, things that I made not to turn back, and every month I, I put a certain amount in there that, uh, that at the end, if I make it to the end, which there is an end goal to this system, and if I make it to that goal, I, you know, I, you know, I promise my wife uh, the rest of the money will go towards her diamond ring and the rest will go to, to Rabbi Dogen's organization to, to help spread this wonderful system. And uh, I, I punch in with my mentor, Rabbi Dolgan, and I make sure that I'm doing everything exactly the way he says. I don't do anything different because I try to do it differently the way uh, I thought it was better and I, you know, I, would, I would fail in that. And now that I'm doing it in his system with his program and I, I, I came to the full realization that the, the best way to get there is to do exactly what the Mesil Sisharim said, the Ramchal said, if somebody got to a place where you want to be, Speak, follow that person exactly. He's on top of the mace. He's past it. He knows whether, you know, like I said before, to move left, to move right, to go front. He's on top of the mace. He doesn't, he's not confused. 
he he's done it. He's been there, done that, seen it, and made the right moves. And now he's on top, and he could direct. Uh, he could direct you easily. So I went to him, and he he's telling him exactly how to do it. And I found that following exactly a system and not varying off has has brought the most hatzlacha. And um, you know, I I could only you know speak tremendously about the benefits of it. In, in, in both understanding the Gemara and retaining what you, what you learn. So what, what is an example of your typical daily program? What's an example of what your learning Seder is on, on any given day? Okay, on any given day, I took upon myself, um, you know, basically the six dafim a week. You get off on Shabbos. And you're, you know, which it basically you're allowed three einsim in the month, and you you know you do twenty five daf a month, and what you do is you do one new daf, and and like Rabbi Dogan said, it has to be done with the art school. Now that's a hard pill to swallow for people who have learned their whole life in yeshiva to sit in front of an art school, but it's absolutely imperative because. Um, Torah was always given from Rebbe to Talmud and the Rebbe would always tell you what to learn and what not to learn and what Rishon and what Achron and what Paisik and what, what Mazbir but here, here, here that's exactly what the art scroll does the fact that it's written in English should, should not deter you and Ein Habayishin Loimid the Chazal tell us that uh, you know if you, if you want to learn and you want to understand you have to sometimes be a Pashem you have to embarrass yourself it is embarrassing to, to sit in front of an art school to many people who have learned their whole life. But um, the benefit is there that, that uh, you have sort of like a Rebbe Talmud relationship in the Sugya. And, and um, with that Rebbe Talmud relationship, you get the Sugya very clear and you could do it in the amount allotted. The new daf takes, an, you're allowed an hour and a half to two hours. And then the, the next day you do the new daf, which is again an hour and a half to two hours. Then you do the daf you saw the day before. And then as, as a week goes by, um, you do the, the daf, the new daf. You do yesterday's daf, Chazar. And then you do a week ago daf. And then as a month, goes, a month later goes by, then you do the new daf, the Chazar the day before. You have the week before, and then uh, then you go back to what you did a month ago. You go back to your original daf, and then the same thing with three months, and then the same thing a year later. And every year, you go back to the original daf you did. Now the game plan is is that uh, every year, you know, after eight years, you're always you you've accumulated doing eight daf. That's one new daf, and seven chazar. It, it seems like a lot, but you're allowing, you're allowing uh, two hours for the new daf and 30 to 40 minutes to chazer the old daf. So, uh, you know, at the, at the end of a year, you should be doing five daf. At the end of two years, six daf. And then, uh, at the, uh, so on, so on, until you build up seven, eight daf. And then, when you get so familiar, you leave that program and you start from the beginning. And as Rabbi Dolgan does it, he, go, he does seven daf a day, spending about a half an hour to 40 minutes on a daf, and he does shas once a year. It, it, it takes around three to three and a half hours a day. It could be, it, 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 it could be done by Yungalite, Avrechim, Yeshiv, uh, Bochim, and, and even 
and, and even and specifically for Balabatim, someone who wants to wake up early, someone who has to travel on the bus, if he could find three and a half to four hours, he could be a Shas Yid and know Shas and be doing Shas once a year. I always say that um, by Gedolim, you'll never see by their Hespedim that they did Shas once a year. Because that's an insult. Every Gadol did Shas once a year. He always revolved Shas going back. Well, it is doable today, believe it or not, with this program. I've seen it, I've seen it done by many who are Balabatim. And they spend three to four hours a day and they build themselves up to an eventuality of doing Shas once a year. It could be done by the most torrid, by the most busiest, and the more time you put into it, that's the beauty of it, it comes right back and you see the payers. What would be your advice to somebody who has not yet begun this program or program similar to it? What would you tell them? Uh, I've them enough already, but what would you be your parting shot to somebody who, who says, look, you know, I don't know if I could do this or I don't know, three or four hours a day, but is it really going to work? Am I going to get really satisfaction out of it? And um, I don't know, is it too late to start? That, that's also a tremendous question. I mean, is it too late to start? Rabbi Dogen, who made this program, which is scientifically actually proven that once you see information one time, it takes 24 hours for the, t for the mind to forget it, and it comes back. That's why you have to look at it, come back to it again a, a day later. And then once you see something two times, it takes scientifically proven seven days to start forgetting it, and that's why you go back to it seven days later. And then once you've seen it three times, it takes the mind... 30 days to start forgetting it so you go back to it 30 days and the one that, that time you saw four times so it takes the mind three months now it takes a it'll start forgetting it three months after you've seen it so that's why you you do it again three months and then once you've seen it five times scientifically this is a scientific studies and this is where rabbi dogan based his uh his his program which has helped so many that after you've seen something five times It'll take the mind a year to forget it, so that's why you go back to that original daf a year later, and then once you've seen it six times, you go back to it a year later, and you just keep it revolving. Now, the question is, is it too late? Rabbi Dolgan started when he was 49 years old, and I'm going to say that again. Rabbi Dolgan started when he was 49 years old. I don't know anyone who knows Shas better than he does. He owns four major soup, supermarkets, the biggest food stores in Lakewood. Okay? Lakewood has a lot of children eating a lot. Baruch Hashem Ken Yibu. And he owns the, the biggest food store in, in actually he owns four of them, Kenar Ken Yibu, three or four of them, and he started as a very busy man. He started, as he says, and he allows me to say this, and uh, he told me, I can say that he is not a genius. And he, when he started the system, when he saw the, 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 the system done scientifically and then applied it in Shas, he started when he was 49 years old. And he, 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 he now knows uh, Shas, probably, he could hold footage with, with many people. So is it ever too late? Never too late, because it's tried and proven by someone who is of, of he allowed me to stay, say the very average head, who was busy, very busy at the time, and who has, um, who, who has proven that it's, it's a system that, 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 that could benefit tremendously, I think, anyone 
who really wants to put their lay venefish into it and, 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 tr- and benefit for themselves. And the, the closest that you stay to the system without, um, you know, putting in your, like, your, your own feelings of it and your own way of doing it better, but I- even if, if you have to do it, you, you have to do your own thing because that's the type of guy you are, it'll still help you. It, it, it'll still help you because it, it's, it's like a diet. Uh, as someone who, go, who has a personal trainer and who has someone to directionalize them and tell them how to go about doing it, and it, it's just that much more of a benefit to them, and I, I believe it helps for everyone. Uh, thank you very much for helping us to get started, and we hope there's going to be a, a diet that's going to uh, pay off in for the Nishama for years to come. Amen, amen, Kane Yatsen, amen, thank you. Thank you, Rabbi www.jrootradio.com The preferred radio station for the Jewish home.